You're listening to the best of Morning Drive with Dietrich and White, an on-demand audio presentation of redpeachsports.com and ESPN977.com. Now here's today's show. Good morning, North Louisiana. What up? How goes it? Aaron and Jake hanging out here in the Caldwell Banker Group One Realty Studio in West Monroe. It is a snow day in North Louisiana. Majority of schools, if not all schools, out for today. Kids, of course, get an opportunity to go out and have some fun and perhaps forget what we witnessed on uh, Sunday between the Saints and the Vikings. Gus Cattengill joins us for his weekly visit down in the Big Easy. What up, Gus? How you doing, bud? Good, man. How are you doing? Good. How's the weather down there? It's uh, clear, just starting to get breezy over here. I think it's going to stay a little north to us, man. I don't, Six to eight p.m. is what I'm uh, I'm hearing, which is perfect because that's the time I take off to Orlando for Tulane UCF tomorrow. So that ought to nice. be fun. No, but no, it, nice. I think it'll be fine. Trust me, we <laughs> I've landed um, in stores or in uh, in Connecticut when you know the plane lands. You turn the phone on and it's minus twelve. So planes work in in that kind of weather. <laughs> All right, guys, so many things to talk to you about and to break down. I first got to ask you, post-game show, you're in a, a restaurant-slash-bar establishment. You're there watching it with uh, hundreds of other Saints fans. Describe the mood, the setting, as that game played out from the first half to the second half to the last 10 seconds of that ball game. Elation to horror. That's the only way I can describe it. I mean, elation to horror. I mean, I had the video of... You know, the touchdown to Camara, the field goal by Lutz, and, I mean, we're going to the NFC Championship game. I mean, mm. people are dancing, you know, the restaurant's playing songs. I mean, it's, they're, you know, it's St. Philly, you know, for shot at the Super Bowl. I mean, you got 33 seconds, now it's third and 10, 10 seconds left. I mean, it's, people are high-fiving, everyone has their phone out, wants to capture the moment. And what they caught was just sheer horror. I mean, I, I don't even know what to say. I mean, glasses breaking, <laughs> the place emptied out like there was a fire. I mean, I, and then, uh, you know, I hear in my headsets, uh, we're on. And, and I, <laughs> I didn't know what to say. I mean, I, I literally had nothing to say. And so I figured I should say I have nothing to say. So I started out the post game by saying I have no words. I mean, I, I have no words to say what I just saw. I mean, I just, you can't. Yeah, I, I don't know how to describe that. Mm. Uh, you mentioned it was just quiet. I mean, I think anybody who was at a, a party or at home just sat there for literally 90 seconds to two minutes. Is that how it pretty much cleared out at the restaurant? If not 30 seconds. I mean, it, it was, is there a penalty? Did he step out of bounds? Yeah. That can't have just happened. Did someone call time? I mean, it was like you're – your brain's trying to go through anything possible to make sure that that play didn't happen. And when the celebrations continue in the end zone and the fireworks are going off, it's, it hits you. Uh, that just happened. And the Saints just lost. I mean, I, it was, I mean, I, no one could say anything. I mean, no one could say anything. I, I don't, I'm having trouble even coming close to, trying to come up with anything that was close to what that was, you know, before other than that. All right, and then you have an opportunity. It's kind of like therapy, and it's a, a immediate, instant therapy. You go on the radio, you're trying to do a, a post-game show. What were the calls like? Not a one. 
<laughs> no, well, we, we got, they got like three or four in the second hour, but I actually opened up the show, A, saying I have no words, and B, yeah. I know no one's going to call the show because no one wants to talk about this. You know, it's like, yeah. they hold on for 10 seconds, Aaron, and I wouldn't have been able to get a word in, you know, yeah. by the yeah. by the comeback and by what happened and what was amazing, but... By the way that ended, I knew no one was calling. Who wanted? To, I didn't want to do the post game show. What, what am I going to say? Anything about the first half, the comeback is irrelevant because the Saints just, you know, a game just ended in a way that will go down in playoff lore, not history, just lore. I mean, it's it's the Minneapolis miracle now. You know, you've been a part of the Jacksonville one and all this. But no, that's that is going to go down in NFL history, you know, not just Saints history. So, yeah, it was. I mean, yesterday was a lot better. I mean, people actually called the show and talked. Yeah. But, I mean, yeah, I think that's what it was. It's just it was sadness, man. It was sadness because the team fought back and, and won. And you know, you look back a day later and you can understand where his team is and the positivity of it and it was a good season. But man, to have it taken away from you like that it's just it's gut-wrenching and, and Gus the thing is it it takes away from just some incredible performances and plays in that ball game the fact that the Saints rally from down you know 17 to nothing and it's like we're never going to talk about or think about the, the fourth down play by Drew Brees to Willie Sneed and the just the clutch kicks also by Will Lutz uh, down the stretch you know, it's funny you say that because the, the other thing that I find um, interesting more than anything as well is all of those plays happened and, and took place at the same time that, you know, the game was just one-sided, you know, and that second half was such a difference. I mean, it really honestly was, wasn't it, a tale of two different halves. I mean, um, Cam Jordan even said, I thought they had a great game plan. They were getting outcoached, outworked, out everything. You add the officials. I mean, once again, it felt like the Falcon game. I mean, it was kind of ridiculous. The the um, the officiating was poor. I mean, it was poor. I mean, it wasn't cheating. It's just poor. It's poor officiating. You have to be able to tell if a receiver is grabbing the defender's arm and pulling it to him, and then you call defensive pass interference. Um, you have to be able to tell if some of those plays – or not. I mean, and look, here's the thing, because I'm going to get to that third and one before Lutz kicks the field goal, but the guy, I mean, Tom Johnson is lined up in a neutral ground. I mean, neutral um, neutral zone. I mean, it, he's offside. I mean, there's probably two Vikings offside as Drew Brees, line, you know, snaps the football and they stop, you know, the Saints at the line of scrimmage. I mean, you've got to be able to call that. I mean, that's I get keeping the flag in your pocket on a play late, you know, even if I think as, you know, Marcus Williams said he thought he was early and he didn't want to contact somebody, I get that. I don't know if they'd call that. You know what I'm saying? But when you're lined up, if you're going to call someone not being set like Ted Ginn and take away a Saints touchdown, which is a split second, you have to be able as an official to see a Viking helmet lined up past the football. I mean, and that's the thing that I think Saints fans didn't even realize because you were so into, hey, just kick the field goal, just didn't realize how important that third down. And in retrospect, you know, it's funny, I'm sitting there yesterday going, everyone is going to, and rightfully so, look back at that Marcus Williams play and say he lost the game. Folks, the Saints were 2 of 9 on third down. 
two of nine. They've been two of whatever or struggling on third down conversions for the last several weeks. They did it against Tampa. They did it against Carolina. They struggled, struggled, struggled. It's something you and I have talked about on Tuesdays that concerned me. The depth on defense concerned me. The attrition and those things came back to haunt the Saints, I thought. Um, it just look, I mean, at the end of the day, Marcus Williams is easy to look at and say, hey, he didn't make the tackle. But I think you're living on borrowed time. That's what I've been telling you, right? It's not our year. It's not yet. Maybe next year, you're a year away, I thought. A year or two away. That's what I've been saying. And you can only get by so far with the deficiencies that are glaring are going to hurt you. And the fact of the matter is, after the eight-game winning streak, the Saints were a 500 football team. Three and three in the regular season, one and one in the postseason. All the wins came at home. All the losses came on the road. And on the road, penalties and also lack of third-down conversions came back to haunt you. Your lack of third-down conversions, you were able to overcome at home. You will not be able to overcome them on the road. You look back at it, look at the box score. Third-down conversions on the road killed this team in the four losses after the eight-game winning streak. And if you get that third and one, third and two, Aaron, you can run the clock down to four seconds, snap the ball, and as Will Lutz's ball hopefully goes to the uprights, you win the game. You know, I mean, that, that's how big that third-down conversion was. So, that got, I mean, they were all sides. It should have been first-down Saints. Ball game. Again, if Lutz makes the kick. Secondly, convert the third down. If you convert the third down, you don't have to defend four downs. You know, you don't have to kick the ball off. You don't have to, you know, hope that a pass interference doesn't get called. You win the game. So, it's easy for me to go, dude, that stinks for Marcus Williams. Trust me, that kid's an all-pro, pro-bowl safety. Trust me. He's going to be fine. What ticks me off is this team could not convert a third down when you needed it most. You can point the finger at 43, point the finger at the offense. They didn't salt the game away. That was my next question, Marcus Williams. I mean, will we ought to be looking at him and leaving New Orleans or and define his career as this will, will haunt him, or will he develop into that all-pro safety that you mentioned, the fact that the guy's coming off just a solid, yeah. if not spectacular, rookie season? I think it's absolutely ridiculous to, to read people's comments that he should leave, they should trade him, they should get rid of him. Because, A, I get it, you're emotional. So I'll excuse it for a second, but don't be stupid. I mean, because that's just a stupid thought. I mean, that's just – then you haven't paid attention at all. You haven't seen one of the reasons why this defense improved this year as opposed to other seasons. The guy has played more snaps than anybody on defense. Anyone, anyone. He's trusted more than anybody. He made one bad play all year. I mean, I'm trying to think of plays where, man, that blown coverage. Man, they didn't get this right. Man, they didn't get it. I'm trying to think of it, you know. I mean, the guy had an interception to help the comeback. Without his pick, you may not even have a comeback. And the Saints finally have a safety that line people up correctly. The Saints finally have a safety that can make plays, as in getting interceptions. The Saints finally have a safety that's good, and he's a rookie, and he's going to be there with Lattimore and a couple of other young players, and he's going to continue to build with Von Bell and all those people. And to try, to try, and that's just dumb. I mean, you're not going to trade him. You're not going to send him away. That's ridiculous. The guy made a, a play that if you're that upset that I saw on his Instagram that people are saying, go kill yourself, then how do you think he feels? If you're so angry where well, you want another human being to kill themselves, how do you think he feels when he walks in that locker room and he looks at, you know, 
other people and thinks of their families and their careers and their futures and if they're going to go to the playoffs again ever and all that other stuff. How do you think he feels? And first off, anybody would ever tell someone to kill themselves? I mean, dude, stop watching. Like, don't put on a Saints jersey. Don't watch sports and go seek help because it's a game. I mean, it's just, like, that bothers me, man. I'm like, you want to sit there and go, gosh, you know, I can't believe that happened, and you get angry, you know, whatever. Like, I, I still borderline how you break your TVs and stuff. I guess you got more money than I do, but I just, but there's a line. And when you start telling people to go die, that's, that, that's kind of where I stop. But you judge and you look, Aaron, at the reactions in the locker room. You judge and you look at the reactions by him and what he says, and you get an idea and a clue how he's going to bounce back from it. Because there is only one or two ways you can do you can go from something like that. You can go into the tank and it's over. You know what I mean? And 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 you know, never recover from it. See ghost, be afraid to ever make a tackle or a play. Or, you know, you can say, Hey, uh, you know, this is gonna fuel my workout. I mean there's, there's no waiting till later in the off season, you know, Tuesday. I'm at, I'm back at the gym. I mean I'm gonna work harder, make sure that, you know, my timing technique's better. I mean he's and that's what he said. You know, that's what he said. And before we judge this guy, how about we make a judgment on the, uh, you know, the onions that he had to be able to face the music after. No. You know, there are a lot of players, when I was the same style reporter, when the team had a bad loss or a bad game, that would duck us. You know, Man. Jeremy Shockey, you know, sometimes would do it, but that's Shockey, he's kind of cuckoo, right? But Jimmy Graham, he didn't want to talk. He didn't talk. Reggie Bush, nope. I mean, that's what he was known for in the locker room. You know, he just he would walk away from you. So this kid at 21 years old blew the game. I mean, he did, and it's going to go down in history. And he sat there with his, you know, red eyes from tears and, and answered the questions. And he didn't have to. He could have done it Monday or Tuesday in the locker room, like today. Yeah. Open locker room at 9 a.m. He could have done it today, two days after, you know, taking some time to breathe about it. He did it right afterwards, and you got to credit him for that. Great point. All right, uh, we spin this thing forward. Uh, we talked about Drew Brees and his contract through the years and how they had to renegotiate and re-up. Uh, there wasn't a lot of talk this year because they didn't want it to be the focal point. Well, now it needs to be the focal point. What are they going right. to do with Drew Brees? I mean, you, you have to resign him. You don't have any other options. You know, I mean, and, and it's what I've talked about it with you all season long. I mean, it's, you know, I mean, what, what are you going to do? I don't understand why you didn't. Just make this a non-issue if you're Mickey Loomis, you know. If because I said at the beginning of the season, if your hope is to become a playoff team, and you become a playoff team, then what are you going to do? You're going to turn it over to a young quarterback or an inexperienced quarterback to a team that's going to be a little closer to moving to the next goal? You know, I mean, it's this team. You would agree, right, Aaron? Going to be favorites to win the NFC South, and they're going to be considered a team that should go to the postseason next year, right? I mean, that, mm-hmm. without question, because 20 players went on IR. I mean, that, the chances of that happening again probably aren't good, right? Ten starters to injury. Give me a third of that, this team's moving on. Here's the thing. Give me a third of that, that three and three end to the season because of attrition and stuff. Those third downs are probably converted. Give me a tight end worth the lick and salt in the passing game. Bye-bye, Fleener and they can convert third downs. Throw the ball to Willie Sneed, as he showed uh, on Sunday, and maybe convert some third downs. If they win two games, 
which I think they could have won two games. If they win two games, that Falcon game and maybe even that Buccaneer game, that game Sunday is in the Superdome probably. They're hosting. They maybe get a first-round bye. It's that big a difference, and that's how close they are. So who are you going to turn the ball to? I mean, of course you're going to go to Breeze, and he's going to do the same thing. You know, it's funny. Everyone nationally is going, Jacksonville, Jacksonville. I mean, they're giving this Bortles dude a ton of grief. And I'm like, my goodness gracious, the guy's had the best season he's had this year. They're in the AFC Championship game, and they're calling them trash and garbage, and they want to go bring in another quarterback. He's going to have to go learn another system, learn all those different things. And more importantly, look, this guy posted a picture yesterday on Instagram of him painting his daughter's nails and showing that this was breakfast. It was peanut butter toast and giving his daughter a pedicure. I mean, that, that's Drew Brees, you know, and that's what he's about. And that's why I think he absolutely knows what needs to happen and what they're going to do. And from that point on, they'll, uh, they'll be fine. All right, guys, finally, uh, I don't know if anybody cares. Who wins, uh, the Vikings or the Eagles now? I think Minnesota's the better team. I honestly do. But, um, you know, look, going on the road and winning is hard. I'll say this. You have two quarterbacks and Foles and, and Keenum that are doing what they need to do, and that's, you know, managing the game. I just think Minnesota has a pretty good defense. Philly does as well. Pro Bowlers, kind of almost even Stevens. I tell you, I I still think whoever won that game Sunday between the Saints and Vikings will go to the Super Bowl. So I'm going to stick with that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm going to go with with the Vikings. Mm. Gus, what's the best way for our listeners out there to hear you on uh, ESPN New Orleans? Tune in radio app, absolutely free, one to three each and every day, or follow us on Twitter at ESPN Radio Nola, and you can uh, chime in on all the questions of the day. We're going over the roster today and okay. who to keep, who to not, and Give grades, so that's what we'll be doing on the show. Enjoy Orlando. All right, buddy. Thank you. That's Kattinger from uh, New Orleans, 100.3. Yeah, it's funny that he had, like, a similar reaction to how we were yesterday. Uh, at first, we did. We ended up getting a lot of texts, but at first there was there were no texts. It's like nobody wanted to talk about it, and we were pretty much speechless. But he had to do it immediately after the game. I, I could not imagine how difficult that must have been. You need the sensor button, the, the time lapse button too. Yes. The time delay. Oh yes. <laughs> Definitely. Yeah, I would be uh, nervous taking calls. Eight 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 nine nine three seven seven six two. The morning drive is back after this. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price, for how many doors. Cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If your business depends on technology, then you can depend on NetTech. We offer remote desktop and service management, cloud-based document access, email services, IP phone services, fiber internet, and data security products. With locations in Monroe and in Ruston, our friendly technicians and help desk staff are ready to solve all your IT problems. Let NetTech be your IT department. Visit nettech.net or call 866-668-0001 today. Does your job have any New Year's resolutions? 
Here's an important one every business should consider. Make your hiring process more efficient and effective this year by letting ZipRecruiter help. No one has done a better job of transforming how you find the right talent than they have. ZipRecruiter posts your job to over 100 of the web's leading job boards with just one click. Then ZipRecruiter actively looks for the most qualified candidates and invites them to apply. That's why ZipRecruiter is different. Unlike other hiring sites, ZipRecruiter doesn't depend on the right candidate to find you. It finds them. ZipRecruiter, the smartest way to hire. So find out why ZipRecruiter has been used by businesses of all sizes and industries to find the most qualified job candidates with immediate results. And right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free. That's right. I said it free. Just go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. One more time. Try it for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Doug. Grab another cup of coffee and keep tuned to The Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. We look forward to catching up with uh, Eric Conka, Louisiana Tech's head coach, for uh, the week, his weekly visit coming up at the bottom of the hour as the Duncan Dogs look to get back on track. Some headlines on this snowy Tuesday morning. We don't say that very often, do we? Uh, never. Uh, Bryce Love, how about this? Uh, coming back for his... Uh, senior season at Stanford, the Heisman Trophy runner-up from last year, uh, will have will use his final season of eligibility for the Cardinals. Uh, start the Heisman campaign already. He has to be the favorite. Uh, 2,118 yards last year was second in the nation in rushing, despite an ankle injury that sidelined him for a game. And then uh, hampered him during it really the did. final uh, six games of the season. Yeah, he gutted it out, though. Yeah. He gave his team so much. Um, I'm interested in seeing what he can do next year. Will we be able to watch it? That's the question. Any idea how many uh, yards per rush that he averaged? Uh, I'm going to go with eight. Eight. Wow, well done, Jake. 8.1, the best in FBS history. Uh, nowadays, we talk about running backs and how much uh, – you know, tread you have left on your tires and, of course, getting pounded in the ground. I'd say this is a little bit of a surprising move. Yeah, it really is. Um, I don't know if his size has anything to do with it, but you still think he has, you know, maybe he wants to grow as a pass catcher. And I'll admit, I haven't watched that much of him. Obviously, we all know what he accomplished last year. Um, and I got to watch him in the ball game, but I'd like to see a little bit more of him. Maybe he needs to improve his his pass catching some, I don't know, just something to, to, to be a, worth a pick, you know, worth a third-round pick because he's not very big. Yeah. Uh, just And also the fact that he had an uh, injury last year. You think that would maybe perhaps scared him a little bit just going into uh, his potentially his senior year. But, no, life says he's coming back. Love says he's coming back. Great news for uh, college football fans and, obviously, Stanford. That does tie in a little bit with what we witnessed from uh, Leonard Fournette uh, in that playoff game, what three touchdowns? Can't make for fun him of that. And early in that ball game, first half, really set the tone. I mean, a, a huge fourth down call. They go for it, and then of course, uh, just watching him go over top the pile for the score. Can't make fun of that, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, he he put on a show, man. Um, just the the performance in general, but to to do that at Pittsburgh, it's it's, it's really it's really crazy to to see a, a rookie running back. 
perform like that on that level. How banged up is he? Yeah, and there's some that have questioned his heart uh, during his time with the LSU. And then we see him limping out of that game, and he literally can't put any pressure on him. It looked like in serious pain. You think, well, he's done. Next thing you know, he's marching back into the game there in the second half. Yeah, and let's not rehash the argument. I, I, I clearly won that argument that he was injured and he shouldn't have played. He should have been there, but he shouldn't have played in that bowl game. Now you see what he can do. You saw all year what he can do when he's healthy. That surprised me, the fact he came back in the game. The second thing that surprised me with Leonard Fournette, I saw a photo of him at, at Waffle House later that night in his full uh, suit uh, enjoying a meal. Following What's wrong with that, man? That's good eating right there. That's good Southern eating. <laughs> Ain't nothing wrong with Waffle House. Uh, other headlines. Uh, uh, what what caught your attention? Uh, certainly, uh, we've we talked about in the seven o'clock hour, uh, Louisiana Tech with a big pickup, Isaiah Graham transferring from TCU to the Dogs. They add another uh, wide receiver to that core. Uh, you look at a receiver that was a four-star prospect coming out of Bastrop. He's coming home. Pretty good news for the Bulldogs. He'll of course have uh, two years of eligibility remaining. He'll have to sit out next season. Yeah, and what stood out to me yesterday was just the um, the amount of drama and compelling storylines that came out of basketball, both you know college and NBA. Really, with college, it was the dramatic comebacks of Duke and Kansas to come back and win two tough games on the road. Incredible. And then you look at the, the NBA, and you saw you know the the WWE style. Uh, Little set up with the breach of the locker room between the Rockets and the and the Clippers, and then you saw the Blake Griffin elbow and the D'Antoni not backing down, confronting him, um, and you saw you know the Cavs Warriors. You saw the Cavs with without the the hot water. They had to take cold showers after the game. Uh, the Warriors did uh, in the Cavs uh, at the queue, and uh, you also saw Westbrook get ejected. We didn't even mention that Westbrook ejected in the Thunder game and. Uh, Mello saying, I'm done with the refs. No disrespect, but I'm done with the refs. <laughs> okay, okay, Mello. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, I just thought it was it was a crazy night, just just all the basketball things that are happening. And that's important right now because you're in that transition phase, and this is where you need to grab people's attention and get them to tune in and, and, and hook them so you can keep them through the, the postseason. And i got to tell you, last night was a big night for basketball. Mm. And if you're into this sort of thing, I know Jake is the TMZ kind of guy over here. Oh. It is now official. Uh, Danica Patrick and Aaron Rodgers are dating. Oh, oh yeah. I was that all is an this. ultimate power couple right there. <laughs> uh, yeah, it strikes me as a little bit odd. Does it not strike you as odd that they would date? Uh, I don't know. I, did, I, did, I guess, I don't know. Aaron Rodgers... Uh, does Aaron Rodgers let Danica Patrick drive when they go out on a sure, date? Sure, sure. Uh, Do you let your wife drive when you go out on a date? Uh, what is a date? Uh, go to the movies? <laughs> go out to eat? Um, well, I mean, she'll drive sometimes. Yeah. It's, it's fine. Um, but the uh, the whole Danica Aaron thing, like, I, I got Aaron and Olivia Munn, but Danica Patrick, I don't know, man. I, I Oh, oh, this is going to sound bad. Yeah, yeah. This is going to sound bad. Right Step out on that ledge. Uh, I, I won't touch that. Oh, come on, I'll, man. You I'll, went that far. I feel like you could do better. Oh. I feel like you could do better, right? 
Do you, do you, ah, this is bad, but do you, do you find, do you think Danica Patrick is Olivia Munn territory? No. You're right on that. Not, not even close? No. Yeah. Okay. My, I rest my case. That's all I'll say about it. I don't want to get myself in trouble. And at 8993 Stuart Shelby State Farm text line, if you think Aaron Rodgers can do better than Danica Patrick. <laughs> <laughs> Eric Cockle joins us next uh, as we, uh, Discuss uh, the Dunkin' Dogs anxious to get back home. The Morning Drive returns after this. Growth, efficiency, professionalism, qualified staff. It's what all healthcare facilities are aspiring for, and that is what we do. Legacy Rehabilitation, offering physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for a wide variety of healthcare facilities, including acute care hospitals, inpatient rehab, long term care facilities, and outpatient therapy clinics. Whether you have staffing, management, or consulting needs, Legacy is awaiting your call. Call 318 255 5980 for more information or visit legacyrehab.net. Legacy Rehabilitation. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty, we earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing, the king of the road, the king of the road, car king. If you or a loved one have been injured or a victim of medical malpractice, you need to go Guerrero. I'm Lauren Guerrero, and my father is Jeff Guerrero. He has helped thousands of people who have been injured in auto accidents, offshore accidents, drug recalls, and victims of medical negligence. So if you or a loved one have been injured through no fault of your own, do what thousands of injured clients have already done. Go Guerrero. Call 24 hours a day at 325-4306 or come by the office at 2200 Forsyth Avenue in Monroe. Don't get blindsided by health care costs. Call Vantage Health Plan today. We've teamed up with a network of local providers in order to provide better health care to our area. Vantage crushes the competition with affordable plans. Find out more information on how to join our winning team. Call Vantage Health Plan today at 1-888-823-1910 or go online to VantageHealthPlan.com. Good morning, Louisiana. This is the Morning Drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King in Monroe. Welcome back to the show. Today's Louisiana Tech Report brought to you by Legacy Rehab. They offer physical, occupational, and speech therapy solutions for many of our local health care facilities. Whether it's sports medicine, pediatrics, or chronic pain management, Legacy covers it all. Serving locations in Ruston, Monroe, Bassett, Farmerville, Bernice, Minden, and South Arkansas. Call 255-5980 for more information. Legacy Rehab with today's Louisiana Tech Report. Eric Conkle joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline for his weekly visit. How are you doing this morning, Coach? I'm doing well, Aaron. How about yourself? Good. Uh, for a guy that grew up in Wisconsin, correct? Yeah. You're used, you're used to this kind of stuff or a lot worse conditions than this. Give our listeners out there and uh, people in North Louisiana some advice with snowy conditions. Well, well, first, I, I want to make sure everybody knows my, my accent might be from the north. My body is all south, and it has <laughs> been for a number of years. Um, but I, I've experienced for the first uh, 23 years of my life living in the state of Wisconsin. I, I lived through the, the state record of cold at minus 70 with wind chill 
And uh, I don't remember any snow days, to be honest with you. Um, with all the type of snow we had, there was a, be an army of snow plows out. But yeah. uh, just take your time on the roads and uh, and enjoy it. The, the, this is my first snow here in Louisiana, and I know my kids are amazed by it all. So, um, But be careful on those roads, anybody that's driving. Coach, a quick follow-up question. We've had these discussions before. We watch these games in Lambeau and other places where they're outside, and you see the fans just uh, – enduring it and of course uh, watching these games around i'm always impressed and i would say are, are they tougher fans up there than here do you remember a game or two sitting outside watching a game and you're thinking what in the world am i doing <laughs> well you just have you had no real idea that it was it was like anything else you know i didn't, didn't yeah. travel a ton as a kid and certainly not in the winter because i was playing basketball and everything but uh there is no no question that your body just acclimatizes to it uh you get you get a just very used to the cold now the bitter bitter cold is a whole lot different but there's some um, certainly motivated fans going to lambo at some of those some of those games in december and january all right coach let's talk a little bit about your team it was a rough week on the road i know you're anxious to get back at home at the thomas assembly center this week for a couple of games and also uh, just to get back at practice and kind of work through these issues that you're having yeah, no question. You know, we, we had two tough road games uh, against good teams in our league in Middle Tennessee and UAB. Uh, we competed, Aaron, and, um, you know, our guys really are, are putting everything they've got towards it. Um, we've been dealing with some injuries and, and some guys out, but, um, you know, in, in some tough environments to be right there towards the end and just battling. Um, but we've got to learn. We've got to keep learning. We've got to keep working on the things that will help us finish plays and, uh, and just get over the top at the end. So that's really what we focused on in practice yesterday and we'll continue to focus on all season long. Uh, one of those injuries that is significant, we saw Bracey on Thursday, on Saturday. He did not play. How is he working through his injuries, and what is his status as you move forward? Well, we're still evaluating that. He, he did not practice yesterday. Um, uh, not, not certain that he'll practice today. Um, he's got one of those issues where uh, it's very difficult for him to, to turn it around on a Thursday-Saturday swing, and that's, and that's our league play. So we're, we're trying to take a look at um, all different types of solutions, whether it be um, sitting him longer to, to get this ailment really figured out so he can um, play Thursday-Saturday and, and consistently for the rest of the season um, because obviously we're, we're missing him. He's a big part of our team. Um, and he's our leading scorer right now. So it's and for the young man, he's obviously frustrated because he mm-hmm. wants to be out there with the team. A tale of two halves for you guys versus uh, UAB. First half, you're you're right in the ball game. Uh, what uh, just down by uh, one at halftime? You made six three pointers, had nine assists. Then offensively, in the second half, you certainly had some issues with uh, zero uh, three pointers and then just two assists to go along with the ten turnovers. What was the difference between your offense in the first half and the second half on the road versus UAB? Well, I thought in the first half we really played with great pace. Um, some of it came from our, our defense was better as well. We, we were able to get stops, a couple turnovers, and we were really aggressive in running and, and finding some, some open shots for us, both layups and, and open threes uh, early and often. In the second half, we got a little bit bogged down. We turned the basketball over. Um, we had several calls on, on travel calls, on rebounds, footwork-type travels, that uh, uh, moving screen. 
just just different plays that took the ball out of her hands when we didn't get a shot, and then also um, the rebounding on the other end. You know, we weren't able to finish the, the defensive play to be able to turn it into offense. Um, so it, it's something that we've got to really uh, take a look at. We looked at it yesterday with our team and just saw the major difference in just the flow of our offensive game from the first half to the second half, and we just got to be more consistent. Eric Conkle joins us on the Stuart Shelby State Farm Hotline for his weekly visit. Uh, Coach, it was a rough stretch, the number of road games that you played. I think it was seven of the last nine. Schedule eases up a little bit as you get back at home, including uh, this week. How nice will it be to be back in the Thomas Assembly Center and reestablish that home court dominance? Yeah, it's important. It's important to hold serve at home. Uh, We're going to play some really good teams. Our our league is really strong. Um, North Texas and Rice this week are uh, very formidable opponents and have been playing well and, and, and improving. But we've got we've to build some consistency, and, and the best way to do that is, is at home, just in your daily routine, a place that you're familiar with, a place you practice with, uh, practice at every day. And then, um, and of course, we love our fans. Uh, we just are always so appreciative of the support of our community, of our tech alums and family, and um, really just look forward to their support on Thursday for us to get back on track. You mentioned the Mean Green uh, Thursday night at 6.30. Give us a little scouting report on North Texas. Yeah, they're, they're a gritty team, Aaron, they, um, and they've got a great scorer in the league, Roosevelt Smart. He's in the league play. He's averaging about 24 points a game. He made 10 three-point shots uh, in their last game against Rice. And they've got some other guards that really push the basketball. They've got some front, a balance in their front court. Um, but they're, they're a gritty team. They'll play a lot of man-to-man. They'll really test us on the backboard, and that's been an Achilles heel for us. So we're, uh, we've got to step up to that challenge and own the glass and um, be able to take care of the basketball and get good shots. This is not the uh, start that you envisioned at Conference USA play, but as you know, it's a marathon, not a sprint. How do you keep the spirits up for a relatively young squad? Well, we just talked about how there's um, – there's really only two ways to go. There, there's there's one way where you can be really discouraged, or the other way is to roll up your sleeves and and, and work harder and, and and smarter. And that's of course what we're all choosing to do. Uh, we've got a lot, long way to go. We've got a lot of improvement we can make. And we also talked about some teams throughout history that maybe got off to a, a tougher start for whatever reason and really rallied and had a, a great rest of the year and got into the NCAA tournament. So. We want, we want to just keep working every day, Aaron, and that's our only focus, how we can get better today, and that's going to be who we are, and that's all we can control. Coach, as always, we appreciate the time. Uh, you give your kids some advice on building a snowman today, or you get out there and help them out? <laughs> you know, they, they've got spotty experience. My, my wife's from Minnesota, and she took uh-huh. them up to, uh, after Christmas, uh, took them up to visit. So they, they got some minus 10-degree weather and snow. <laughs> for a little bit so this is a uh, it was good training for them they're gonna they're already outside messing around and stuff coach as always we appreciate the time good luck getting back on track this week versus uh, north texas and rice thank you i appreciate you you bet coach eric conco from louisiana tech joining us for his weekly visit mean green uh thursday at six thirty, and then on uh saturday rice comes in to ruston if i do the math right it does look like seven of the next nine at home very nice. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we were anticipating um, heading into these next couple of weeks, the fact that Tech can 
you know, make up some ground here with, with the way the schedule's played out. They really need to reestablish that home court advantage. I mean, we've yeah. given the stats. I mean, it's so dominant over the last five, six years. And now uh, this year certainly uh, having some issues overall, 10 and 9 uh, overall. And just uh, six and three at home. Six and three is not bad, but considering you put not according in, to the standards. I mean, you put. I mean, those three losses. They literally had three losses at home in a span of, you know, four or five years. Right. Yeah, you're right. They definitely need to reestablish that. Another team they'll be looking to reestablish itself, coming off a performance on Saturday versus Alabama. Tigers back at home tonight versus George. Yeah, uh, this is going to be uh, a big one because LSU, maybe they play better with the expectations lowered. I think the expectations got to them. You saw in the way they shot the ball. They were just, it seemed a little bit too juiced up. Uh, you, you rarely see them. You look at this team all season long, you know, they've, they've improved defensively throughout the year, but for most of the year, they were just a great field goal percentage making team. I mean, they really um, make most of their shots. And, that was not the case Saturday. They shot so poorly. But uh, to come into this game, you're, you're going to face a Georgia team that's likely going to use the same game plan that Alabama did because Georgia's known for being able to rebound and, and, and bully opponents underneath. You saw Alabama just do that to LSU. So how can LSU uh, rebound from, from that game uh, against Alabama and how can they uh, sort of avoid the same type of game happening? And, of course, shooting better at home would, would help. Um, but, you know, I, in looking at what happened last game with, with Will Wade, and, and I've, I've talked a lot about that and how he kind of lost his cool. And, you know, I'm going to ask you about this. You know, obviously it's great for a coach to have passion. Mm -hmm. But where do you go when, when you watch what Will Wade did, when you see how he con he indirectly cost his team the game? You know, I mean, of course. How much were they down when that, that technical it, was called? So, he, he, Tremont Waters hits the, the three-pointer. And the momentum was already switched because LSU was starting to get more stops on the defensive end. Tremont Waters hits the three-pointer, and I believe it's four points or five points at, at that stage of the game. And then Will Wade gets in that official's face, which he's apologized for. And then he gets the technical, and then, of course, they get, you know, two free throws in the ball. Mm. So the win probability was still. It was still. I mean, low. it wasn't like they were going to guarantee to win, but it pretty much blew their chance of coming back. And that's what I wanted to ask you about: is like, how do you feel about a coach, you know, showing those emotions in, in that fashion? Because I think it's been a strength of the team all year. I think he's he's pumped these kids up. You know, after watching them last year, they were lifeless, and Will Wade has brought energy like, like I didn't foresee. Uh, you know, we knew he was a, a spark plug, but to see the way this team reacts mm -hmm. to him, it's it's been a breath of fresh air. But in that moment, I think he pushed it. He took it over the line. He probably did, but you have to show that you can protect and defend your players. And, of course, uh, you're still looking at a fan base, and you're looking at a crowd that day. It was uh, 13,600. A lot Sitting of those people hands. still have not been probably the first time they've been to a game uh, in a few years. You still have to be a little bit of an entertainer and a show showman and also show that you got your players back. Yeah. But anyway, I, I look for LSU to, to bounce back tonight. Um, but I'm, it's going to be hard to predict SEC games this year because everybody's beating everybody. Uh, Auburn's 4-0, Kentucky 4-1, Florida 4-1, Tennessee 3-2, Alabama 3-2, Ole Miss 3-2, and, and then you find uh, Missouri and LSU at 2-2. Two and two. Arkansas, we still think they're pretty good, but they're two and three overall in conference play. You got Georgia sitting there at two and three. So as you said, uh, yeah, the separation all bunched up. And then you look, 
uh, Texas A&M, they have fallen on hard times. They are 0-5 yeah. in conference play. I mean, they came into a SEC play with an 11-1 and record. I think they were ranked like 11th in the country. Yeah, nobody saw this story coming. There you go. 888-993-7762. The Morning Drive wraps up after this with our parting shots. Whatever car you're looking for, whatever the price for how many doors, cars, trucks, and SUVs, the king of the road, car king. We treat you like royalty. We earn your trust and loyalty. You'll be wearing the crown and you'll start to sing. The king of the road, the king of the road, car king. Broken windows are bad enough. A car that's baking inside from the summer sun is even worse. Magic Glass and Tent can handle both these problems. From one-day service on replacing your windshield, to repairing power windows, to professional window tinting for your car, home, or business, Magic Glass does it all. They also carry a full line of accessories for your car or truck. Magic Glass and Tent, 1515 Cypress Street, West Monroe. Give them a call at 330-9988. If your gas gauge doesn't work, you might run out. If your speedometer doesn't work, you might get a ticket. Don't risk either one happening to you. If the gauges in your car don't work, call or come by Dash Solutions in West Monroe. They can fix anything that's broken, and most repairs are done in less than an hour. The solution to broken gauges is Dash Solutions. I-20 at 5th Street in West Monroe. 355-8595. 355-8595. Now let's get back to the sports on the morning drive. This hour is sponsored by Car King and Monroe. Uh, Terry Walter been here doing some research for the edge. He says he's going to provide an hour-long advice on driving tips and weather conditions. Looking forward to that. Yeah, stay tuned. That is called a tease in yeah. the business. Mm. You do it so well. Uh, let's get to our party chats. Good morning, good afternoon, and good night, Minnesota! Well, I'm going to tell you what, Channel 8, they've been packed it in, too. They didn't get any of this on camera. We got it. Oh, my God! Davis is going to run it all the way back! Oh, no! Oh, Oh, my God! Oh, my gosh, no! I have lost my voice in excitement! I'm sick. I want to throw up. What you got, Jake? Well, I'm glad you didn't add the Dukes call to that. You don't want me to add that? No. No. What I've got um, is Ronda Rousey. It seems like she's definitely signed a deal with the WWE uh, now. So now we've seen – I don't want to call her the most – yeah, I'll go ahead and call her the most dominant female we've seen in in combat sports uh, just because of the way she finished people – within the first round, and it was always with the same move with the arm bar. Um, and, you know, she has a few knockouts on the record, too. But uh, now we see the the most dominant female combatant going into the world of WWE, where it's going to be more entertainment-based. Aaron, I know you're not uh, a big UFC guy. You're probably even a, a, even less WWE guy, I'm assuming. Uh, but... This is this is to me, you know. I would have liked to have seen Ronda Rousey get one more fight. I would have liked to have seen her try to, you know. You look at her last outing; she faced Amanda Nunes, who, you know, they're trying to set up Nunes versus 
Chris Cyborg, and that would be, you know, the winner of that would be the baddest woman on the planet in my eyes. Um, you know, and Nunez, I think, has a shot against Cyborg. Nunez is that that good. Um, what derailed her career? The competition called up. Well, there's a lot of things. Uh, I think, for one, she started, okay, I could go with three things here. One, believe in her own hype, because she started trying to stand with girls. And she, she was able to get away with that with Betch Cohea. But that was, you know, that that's a whole other ballgame than Holly Holm. Uh, so she started believing her own hype by standing with girls. Um, and you saw how that ended with Holly Holm. Two, she she started filming a lot of stuff. She started, you know, her schedule was always crazy. But I, I feel like uh, she, she got away. She wasn't training as much. And then the third thing was the competition picked up. You go back and you look at who she's faced, who she beat. You know, a lot of them... You know, you can you can look at this. UFC is such a MMA is such a, um, a young sport, and so the jump in competition from year to year is immense. And I feel like the women finally caught up with the men around when around the Holly Holm fight. Mm-hmm. And so she, Ronda, by all accounts, is a, she's great at judo. She's great. Uh, she has a great sub- submission game. That's pretty much all you're getting from Ronda. Okay, and so today. The timeline, isn't about the time that she went Hollywood right. and uh, uh, Entourage, the movie came out. And sure. She played a, a major role in that, and then mm-hmm. everything's kind of started to turn south after that. Yeah, but there's there's something to be said about Ronda's ju- judo skills. I mean, they are, you know, she competed in the Olympics. They are elite level. Uh, so I think, you know, if she, if she really put in the time – I would have liked to have seen her get a return fight, face a fighter that's not as dangerous as Amanda Nunes, and you know, go out that way because the way she went out against Amanda Nunes, man, that was that was um, that was heartbreaking for for girls. I remember that I got that fight, and there were a lot of girls in the in the crowd that were rooting for Ronda, and they were like in tears seeing her get beat up like that. So, so this should work out well, though, making the transition. To I mean, I think she's a big fan, so I'm sure they're going to make a lot of money. And you know, any she's still a big star. You know, anything she does is going to get some publicity, so it's going to work out well. But I just personally, I would have liked to have seen her give it one more try, but. Uh, and did she have some kind of issue with her trainer and whoever was working well, out and all that? Well, it's that's a long story to get into. But her trainer is uh, I, most of my fans don't like her trainer because he's he doesn't make changes. He has awful game plans, um, and her, her her mom was critical of uh, Edmund. And you know she she flat out said you know she needs to get a new trainer. And so they would have a lot of. Uh, drama and it was just it was not not a good situation and of course her uh, they're married now her husband uh, Travis Brown he was once a promising heavyweight and he leaves his camp and goes and joins Edmund and his career derails too I mean so this guy is uh is as far is, is one of the most hated trainers in MMA among the fans because they see you know stars like Travis Brown and Ronda Rousey and go man what ha- what did you do to these stars? Uh, my parting shot. Uh, what do we make of uh, reporters calling out other reporters? Uh, what's going on with uh, NFL Network's Ian Rappaport? Uh, he reports on Sunday that the Titans had offered uh, Malarkey, uh, Mike Malarkey, the Titans head coach, an extension, and then he has reports said that he's staying. Then obviously it comes out on Monday that uh, Malarkey is gone. So then you get all kinds of criticism for Rappaport and what he's done in the past. And, of course, uh, this report 
His harshest criticism came from uh, Rand uh, Gatlin, an NFL reporter slash columnist, columnist for uh, Yahoo Sports. And then he actually worked with uh, Rappaport and NFL Network. But he just comes out literally on Twitter and just starts bashing them. How can a reporter be so wrong so often and still keep their job? Question mark. Honest question. Then comes back and fires out literally dozens of examples of being spectacularly wrong and still gets promoted by his network like he's the GOAT. Oh. L-O-L. Wow. I hate that. First of all, you should Things never. do also change, though. We don't know behind the scenes. Uh, Rappaport, and his report may have been way off basis, but maybe perhaps there was some kind of offer for an extension, and Malarkey is like, ah, I don't want no part of this. You know what that is? That's jealousy. That's all it is. It comes off as, as being envious and... But, Jake, we've also seen, and, you know, both in, in, in the business and what we do, and I numerous times have wanted to call out others, but you don't. But uh, we do see people always times trying to take credit for things. You're just like, come on now. Sure. Yeah, you see a lot of that. But uh, to me, that's so petty. Like, yeah. who cares? Yeah. Who who cares? Like, like as long as, as the information out there is accurate and correct, who cares who was first? Yeah. Who cares? Yeah. That's the way I feel about it. Me too, and I try not to be one of those guys. It's just a, a one-hit wonder, and just going to be around here. And you make the splashy uh, texture, the tweet out there, and then you'll get all kinds of clicks and all kinds of things, and you can pat yourself on the back. But ultimately, down the road, uh, plan to be on around, be around for a while. Sure, absolutely. But yeah, that that stuff, and I just remember, uh, kind of makes me think back to the LSU Florida stuff, where some, you know, some beat writers are going back and forth yeah. trying to be like tough guys and i'm just like guys come on y'all are not tough uh there are a few of our uh, parting shots if you haven't heard uh speaking of a parting shot uh we mentioned the seven o'clock hour the kid from alabama that of course made the national headlines for all the wrong reasons his little uh tantrum on the sidelines going after an assistant coach so he's going to go from a national championship squad in alabama to what did we determine tennessee tech Tennessee Tech or Tennessee State, one of them. We never did follow up because <laughs> that's how much we care. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, that's – what a storybook ending for, for uh, – what's his name? Michael Brown? Yeah. M- Mickey. Mickey Brown. Yeah. Uh, there was other news. The Sledge Kid from Rabel, there was a number of kids playing in the All-Star yeah. game over in California. Uh, he was named the MVP mm-hmm. of that. So, uh, well done by him. He also plays on that uh, very talented uh, Rabel's basketball squad. He was one of our aces from last week. Cool, cool, yeah. What we got going on tomorrow? Let's come up with some stuff. Uh, I feel like we're losing a little bit of steam with uh, the Saints, you know, out of the playoffs now. So, let's maybe we play some four downs, come up with a few games to play. Uh entertain these folks keith richard will join us for his weekly visit tomorrow also our doctor segment uh dr saul grays will join us and we'll have uh, much more everybody stay safe on the roads today and uh we'll see how it progresses uh, later today whether or not we have school tomorrow yeah terry waldrop has the day off from uh, his other gig but he is certainly here and ready to entertain you over the course of the next hour the edge is coming up after the break Thanks for listening to the best of the morning drive with Dietrich and White. To listen live every day, tune in at ESPN977.com or subscribe in iTunes, Stitcher, or wherever you find podcasts.